Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and uh, we are back after what we think is about four weeks of very, very busy work schedules, meaning we haven't recorded, but we're back. I'm here, joined as always by my podcast co-host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing after a uh, little bit of a layoff, but uh, NFL season three weeks away, I believe? I'm good. I feel like we've clicked our fingers and now we're three less than three weeks away. <laughs> I know, in three it's weeks' time, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl champs being destroyed by the Bills, maybe. So. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. We're only like, what, two weeks and six days away from uh, beautiful Thursday night football, which is good. Did you hear the new Thursday night football uh, song that got released yesterday for the intro? I, I haven't actually. I, I, I haven't. Um, I have seen that link put up, but I haven't listened to it. Is it a banger? Or It's, a, it's all right, actually. Yeah, it's got very much similar vibes to... Uh, previous ones i have to say but i do actually quite like it the trailer's quite good and it's got your mate uh the, that college football um oh, Kirk. yeah he's talking not obviously when it's on it he won't be but in the trailer for it he's talking over the the music and it's uh quite good so uh, i'm sure you'll love it but it's been a bit of a banger excellent news let's hope his commentary delivers because i've not heard uh, not heard good things in the games i've heard but you're a fan so we'll see <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the, the crossover from college to the NFL is going to be a difficult one, I think. He's just so synonymous with college football that it's just kind of weird when he talks about the NFL. <laughs> yeah, from what I read yesterday on Twitter when everyone was replying, there was a lot of people like calling him out for being like a traitor to college football, which I found quite yeah, <laughs> quite funny, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, we're back. We kind of left in the middle of previews, mainly due to my job. Normally it's Patrick, the one who's... Uh, too busy for podcasts but um my my job's been a little bit busy but we're back now and we're gonna back with a bang uh with a very annoying topic to talk about right in the middle but we'll leave that for later we're in afc north today uh so why not start with a, a good division on the way back um we have a super bowl loser from this division uh in the bengals so it'll be fun to talk about um last year bengals won the division they were 10 and 7 uh, I think their win total was eight and a half so they had a pretty good season Steelers were nine seven and one Tomlin got nine wins as he always seems to do uh, and then they lost in the playoffs uh, Browns were eight and nine after a uh, horror season uh, and then Ravens were also eight and nine after the worst injury record season uh, I believe in the last 15 years when we looked at the date so uh, it was a pretty interesting division um, I feel like probably the two most talented teams were actually the bottom two teams in the division mate because of injuries uh, is this one of the deeper divisions in football, especially on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, looking at, I was surprised how bad the records were overall last season when I was t- typing them in earlier. I was like, "Wow, really?" But I think <laughs> this season I would expect three teams to maybe improve on that. Maybe, maybe the Steelers. We'll see. Bengals, Ravens, I'm expecting to slug it out for the division. This is yeah, it's a great division. It's always a good division as well. So, Yeah, we'll talk about the Browns later and why they might not hit this. But there is a chance you could see at least two 10-win teams, if not three, and then a nine-win team in the other team. Do you know what I mean? This could, this could be one of the most winning, game, winning divisions in football, especially with the fact that they they've got hard schedules because they play each other, but their out of division schedules aren't aren't quite as hard as the uh, what the AFC West has got. But we'll see. Um, it's been a busy off season uh, for these teams. We'll start with the Bengals. Uh, free agency was basically what can we do to make sure Joe Burrow doesn't get <laughs> assaulted ten times a game. Uh, so they added Alex Kappa, who was from the Bucks, um, Ted Karras, who was Patriots slash Dolphins, uh, Lyle Collins, uh, obviously former rival of yours in the uh, NFC East for the Cowboys. Um, Oddly, hasn't actually practiced yet for the Bengals. I read yesterday. Don't know if you saw that, but he hasn't actually had one single practice yet because of that that back injury. Uh, and then they also added Hayden Hurst, former first round tight end. Uh, in terms of losses, they lost Larry Ogunjobi, who's uh, I think he's actually gone to the Steelers, isn't he? Um, with a, another player who's had back injuries. Um, Uzama, the tight end, left to go to the Jets. That was a big loss, but they replaced him with Hayden Hurst. And then Riley Reef was the right tackle they lost that's been replaced by a lot of Collins. In the draft, added Dax Hill, who's like a safety corner hybrid, something they really, really needed. And then uh, Taylor Britt as well, who's kind of like a speedy man corner uh, in the second round. So very much O-line free agency and then secondary in the draft. Um, what are your thoughts on, on I guess, the, the off-season in general? We'll start with the free agency. It was all about the O-line. For me, they still aren't and they're not going to be a top 10, 15 line at all in the in the league, are they? But they're not going to be a bottom five unit anymore. And I think that makes a big difference. But will Lyle Collins actually be able to play? That is the question I'm kind of worried about now, because I think he's a really good player. 
Yeah, I think they've improved uh, quite a bit, especially with uh, Ted Karras and Alex Kappa, especially those uh, two great signings. But yeah, obviously the worry with Collins is the injury. Then you've got Isaiah Prince in the background. Maybe Collins doesn't start the season, I'm not sure. But overall, it feels much improved. And then Hayden Hurst for kind of swapping in for Uzama. That's certainly not a downgrade, I would, yeah, I agree. I would say. So... Yeah, the offence is pretty much set as it was last season with a, with a decent upgrade on the offensive line. So you would imagine that they're going to come out of the traps flying. Yeah, you would, yeah. And I, I do wonder if that will help them run the football a bit more because one of the issues, their offence really didn't look as good as it should have been with those receivers was because, A, they run the ball too much. But when you run the ball too much and your offensive line's that bad, you're going to have Joe Mixon running up for one yard a carry, do you know what I mean, on first down. And I think that kind of made the offense look maybe worse than it was at the start of the season. Um, so do you think with this offensive line in the interior, we're going to probably see a better season from from Joe Mixon, especially for anyone that plays fantasy football? Yeah, you you would imagine so, wouldn't you? He, he came on strong kind of at the end of the season. He was good in the playoffs as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And then you got P. Ryan, obviously, catching passes out the back. For Chris Evans as well, maybe gets a little bit more time on kind of snapshot this season but yeah i'm expecting i mean the expectations are massive really aren't they for the bengals after after going all the way to the super bowl and yeah i mean they've not incredibly uh looking at the defensive side as well kind of improved the roster overall have they but it's kind of is what it is and chases in his second year pro with boro i don't know mate I, i'm not sure what to think on the bengals because they've the playoff wins that they had were so incredible. But I actually went back and watched them all this week in like kind of in forty on Game Pass, and I was just like, "Man, you got lucky a lot of times." Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I still have nightmares about one of them games. Um, but yeah, you are right about the roster. I think it's very similar. I do. I love. We both said this, didn't we, in the draft process? We both like Dax Hill, um, and I do think he'll make a difference to their secondary. And aside from that, it's going to be very, very similar, isn't it, on that end? We'll see what happens with Jesse Bates. Obviously, the franchise tag issue. Um, what's he going to do? Obviously, he's hold it, holding in, holding out. Is he going to play? How much is he going to play? When's he coming back? If he gets small injuries, is he going to play? That's that's interesting because he is their best defender by far. But yeah, their, their, their front's okay and it's still okay. Their secondary for me is good safeties, poor corners. But I think their DC, Luana Rumo, actually did really well, especially in the playoffs with his scheme. So I think they're still going to be okay defensively. Um, and then offensively, it's going to be strange because they weren't very efficient at all to start the year. So you'd hope that would improve if Zach, if um, the play caller, um, Zach Taylor, actually decides to call more passing plays on first and second down. So that they could actually get better in terms of efficiency. But I do think we might see less explosive plays. I think teams that play too high against too high safeties against the Bills and Chiefs are going to play too high against this Bengals team. And I think they're going to try and force them to be a little bit less explosive and just see if Jamar Chase can still work miracles after the catch. Um, so I think we could see them become more efficient on first and second down, but I think we might see less of those 20, 30, 40, 50 yard touchdowns. And um, it'll still be a very good offense might actually improve, but um, I don't know if they'll score as many points in some of these games as they did last year. Yeah, I would agree with you there. That <clears throat> it's interesting. The, uh, I don't know. I just don't see them. Because like, I think everyone... See, I mean, I've been reading and kind of listening to pods over the summer and everyone's kind of got them up there winning the division and then we're ready to go again for another deep playoff run. But I'm not sure about that at the moment. Yeah, they've got their 26th hardest or easiest schedule in the league. So bottom six in terms of difficulty. So really, really hard schedule. And the other teams in the division have got a much... But apart from the Steelers, they've got a much easier run. So I do think the schedule is going to hurt them. Um, I can't remember the exact run, but at the end of the season, they have an absolute, let me check, they have an absolute awful end to the season. Um, so their season ends with, so they've got, the, the last game is, the Ravens the last game. So it goes Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Ravens to finish the season. My God. That's that's almost the sort of run-in that if they're not already winning the division before then, they haven't got games in the bank, they're going to struggle to win the division there. And if they 
don't have games in the bank and they still win the division, then that's a real team that are going to cause problems in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? Like how, yeah, how, absolutely. Yeah. How, how they finished last year, I think they scored 45 against the Ravens, which were very injured. Then they didn't they beat the Steelers and then obviously they beat the Chiefs and then a couple of weeks later the playoffs started. So uh, I think if they have another good end to the regular season, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. But I think if they haven't got enough wins come December, that is a very, very hard schedule. But um yeah, I'm with you. Good team, good offense. I think not this season, but the season after this, they could be incredibly dangerous, like people are talking about with the Chargers, I think. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a harder harder season for them in the regular season this year. Um, let's move to team that finished second then. I can't believe I'm saying this after the, who had, they had a quarterback, but um, <laughs> the Steelers uh, and Big Ben finished second. Obviously, he's retired. Um, they've also lost Trey Turner, uh, Joe Schober, who actually played quite well at the end of the season, and then Juju Smith-Schuster to the Chiefs. Uh, in free agency, they added Mitch Trubisky, the uh, best backup Buffalo's ever seen, apparently. Miles um, Jack from the Jags, which I thought was an incredible sign-in. Uh, Ogan Joby that we mentioned. And then they also added Levi Wallace, who was the second best corner for the Buffalo Bills. So some really good players there. Um, in the draft, they added Kenny Pickett, as we know, in round one. Um, currently taking third team QB snaps behind Mason Rudolph, but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Um, George Pickens in the second round, who is the second coming of Jesus, if you believe Twitter and my Twitter personally, because I'm a big fan. And then um, Marvin Leal as well, who everyone thought was maybe a second round player uh, who dropped to the third round. So um, pretty good draft. They're relative getting a QB that late if they like him that much. Um, for me, a really good free agency, though. I really like Miles Jack. Um, and I think Levi Wallace is, is underrated as well. But um, what do you make of this Steelers team? Because Big Ben was so bad. Does it almost not matter who plays QB? They're probably going to actually improve because they'll be able to run a more normal offense rather than have someone who can't really move around. Yeah, I, I would say so because obviously Mitch is kind of underrated on his feet as well. But yeah, yes. Yeah, I don't know if he's ready to. I, I really hope that this kind of works out for him because I did think he got the short end of the stick in Chicago, to be honest with you. But he, he's got some weapons to work with. I mean, Deontay Johnson, Chase, Claypool. Pickens, he's got all the chances here. You know, he's got Fryer move, he's got Najee Harris. Do you know what I mean? He's got all the weapons he could ever want to make this kind of second go around in football work for him because the defense is, as I'm sure we'll go through that in a minute, is stacked. Yes. So, you know, they're gonna not concede a ton of points in a lot of games, but. In the division game, when it's tight, he is going to have to try and play a lot of mistake-free football. And that's where I'm sure that games are going to be won and lost for the Steelers in close games. Yeah, I, I think if you are someone who does like fantasy football or who bets on in the NFL, I think if they're clever, they're going to run Mitch Trubisky quite a lot, aren't they? Because if the games are close and it's third and one, third and two, third and three... Can we do some sort of rollout movement sort of play where Mitch is on the run rather than ask him to sit there, drop back in a clean pocket, if there is a clean pocket. We'll talk about the O-line in a minute. But, uh, and try and throw the ball because I think you're right. I think he's underrated on his feet. I think his deep accuracy is better than what people think, but I just think he makes a lot of mistakes. You know what I mean? So very similar to Daniel Jones in that respect. that he just His decision-making is probably the worst part of his game. So I'd be worried. I'd be interested to see that. Um, is there any worries for you that I think he's definitely going to start the season as a starter, but... Does any part of you think that we could see Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, one of them, early in the season? Or do you think they'll give Mitch Trubisky a real good run late into the year and then maybe if the season's dead towards the end, make a change just to see what they've got in whoever they like most out of those two? I mean, it's difficult because when you look early, they kind of start the season with Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Jets, first game and then they go into Bills and Bucks. It's kind of like what record do you expect after your first four games, you know? We could be looking at winning three. You're not going to be scared of going into Cincinnati either opening game, you know, you want to be looking at three to four wins from the first four. And if you get under that, it's going to be tough for Trubisky, I think, to keep the job for the full season. I do think it's going to have to go on wins for him. And I I don't see Tomlin as kind of like a flip-flopper in quarterbacks, but he really hasn't known anything other than <laughs> Roethlisberger, has he, throughout his pro coaching career? So we no. kind of don't know. It's it's going to be a lot on what he sees in camp as well. And just winning games, I think, is going to be so important for Trubisky. I've got no idea what's going to happen. I mean, if, if Rudolph comes in ahead of Kenny Pickett, 
in week week six. That ain't looking good for Kenny, <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, that's not good. We've seen enough Mason Rudolph to last us a lifetime. I think he got replaced by Duck Hodges at one point. So if if uh, if Kenny can't get past him, then I think Kenny's uh, career could be doomed. But this Mate, good- I remember right? I went to the Sugar Bowl in uh, New Orleans, and Mason Rudolph was at uh, quarterback. And even then, he was sharing the quarterback job with another <laughs> guy who I can't remember at all. I was just like, and they got whooped as well. So I've definitely seen enough of him to last a lifetime. I think um, Matt Rule was the coach as well, didn't he? Have um, didn't he have Mason Rudolph above Baker Mayfield in that uh, rankings for that draft class? And now uh, now he's got Baker under centre. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen at QB. There's, there's been reports that they've all done well <laughs> in training camp. Um, but if Mason Rudolph still listed as the two at the moment, I don't know how well Kenny could have done, even though he did play okay in that in that first preseason game. Um, like you said, the weapons are good. We won't touch too much on them. I hope Claypool has a bit of a better year. Calvin Austin's a really good kind of fourth gadget guy. Um, George Pickens, I absolutely loved in the draft. I know you liked him as well, and he looked like an absolute beast in camp. But what are your thoughts on the O-line? Is this going to cause issues for the QBs? Because I know they've improved them in uh, quotation marks. I do like James Daniels from the Bears. Uh, Mason Cole, I think they paid too much money for, but he's an experienced centre. So I like those two, but still, left and right tackle, you're really going with what you had last year. And as we can see last year, they weren't very good. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at left and right tackle and left guard as well, just yeah. what they've spent there, he's not big. You know, two fourth round picks on the left side and then third round pick on the, for the right tackle. It's They've not spent a lot of kind of draft picks there have they and this is kind of what you end up with isn't it and yeah I like James Daniels as well from the Bears at right guard but he's you know he's not top five in the league is he so it's it's going to be certainly going to be middling that is it could be an issue I think if uh, as you guess later into the season yeah and like people have said with the Bengals offensive line it's better to have four average players and no one like being a couple of weaknesses rather than pay someone who is a good right guard. But then does it really matter if you've got a good right guard, if both your, your whole left side's terrible and then your right tackle's probably below average in an experience? I, th- I think it might be better to have three or four just NFL average players there uh, rather than have a good guard and then not a lot else. Um, I know we don't talk about fantasy loads, but Najee Harris gets drafted quite high. What do you think in terms of this offensive line? Is there enough improvement for him to have a more efficient season or is he going to have another season where he has loads of touches? His touchdowns might go up just because, I don't know, second year in the league, different QB, so they have to worry about Mitch running in the red zone. Or are we going to see another just kind of wasted season, just giving him the ball loads when he can't really do a lot because of the O-line? Well, I hope he has a much more efficient season because I love Najee Harris like of coming out of college. So... I don't know, man. He touched the ball so much last year. Yeah, he did. How can you, how can you last more than kind of like four years at this before he's kind of like a second, third stringer somewhere? I really don't. I really hope that doesn't happen for him because, like I said, I loved him as a player in college. So you just hope for more efficiency now. And I'm hoping now that they've got a, got a different QB and it's not Big Ben. It can do more than just kind of half-back pass on the on Madden when you don't know any other plays, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I will add that he looks absolutely massive as well this uh, off-season. Not in a bad point of view, but just in terms of being huge. He looks like he's put on muscle because I saw photos of him yesterday on Cam Hayward's podcast and I was just thinking, like, he is, for a running back, I know Derek Henry's big, but this is, like, diff- like, it's not as big as Derek Henry, but it's a different build and he just looks huge. And I was thinking, like, I wonder if he's bulked up to try and take some of that those extra touches mean extra hits, don't they? And I just wonder if he's kind of used his smarts there a little bit and been like, right, I want to have a long career and the Steelers aren't going to, uh, <laughs> they're not going to limit my touches. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, let me go to the defence then. Uh, probably, I don't know, it's hard. The Browns are good as well, but arguably the most talented defence in the division, uh, maybe in the AFC. Ogan Joby will add to the interior, which was pretty weak last year. Um, Tyson Aluluar as well, who was injured last year, should come back. Obviously, still got Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Devin Bush uh, from last year, alongside Alex Haysmith, who were really, really good. And then Miles Jack. I love Miles Jack. Thought that was a, a massive signing for them. And then 
the corners are still a little bit weak, but Levi Wallace is a nice upgrade. Uh, and then they've still got Minka dominating the middle of the field from the safety position. But um, what are your thoughts on, on the defence? And uh, I assume you're a, a Miles Jack fan as well. Yeah, I like Miles Jack, for sure. I mean, when it's time you're rolling out Cam Haywood, TJ Watt on the line, I mean, it's it's a silly, isn't it? What's Then what comes behind it is, I would say, above average. So making that defence like an incredible defence. These divisional games are going to be some games I think that I absolutely love. You know me, I'm not a 42-40 guy. <laughs> I love it when it's 17-14. And I think the Steelers are going to provide a few of those games. I, I really like Levi Wallace um, from, from Buffalo, actually. I think that's a, that's a good upgrade for him. And, and DeMarvin Leal, I mean, where he sits on the depth chart. I mean, a year ago, he was like... Um, yeah, I don't know, a year, a year, eighteen months ago, maybe not just a year, maybe eighteen months. He was kind of like a first round pick shooing from Texas A and M, but he just kind of had a bit of an off year, and so they can kind of bring him round. The Jannard Avery as well, they got from the Eagles. They got a lot of depth, got a lot of depth on this defense, and they have high end players, which just overall makes for a great defense. It's going to be yeah. an interesting opening matchup, mate, in Cincinnati. It's probably one of the reasons why the offensive line is so poor because they spent so much on the defense and the wide receivers because those two areas of the team are just the whole defense and then wide receivers are just unbelievable. And then obviously running back, fullback as well, they've spent a lot, lot of first round picks on that defense. Yeah, a lot. It's a very, very good defense. That first game, oh, week one preview, I can see me picking against the Bengals. I can assure you that I'm going to be. Uh, on the Mitch Trubisky hype train that week, I can just see it. Um, sneaky addition as well, they added Gunnar Olszewski as well, you know, the guy from New England who was yeah. incredible at returning punts. And he's their, he's their punt kick returner, or they're going to give it to Calvin Austin, who's an absolute speed machine. So even in special teams, they're probably going to be really good, and they've got one of the best kicker-punter combinations in the NFL. So a real deep team with just huge questions at the most important position, unfortunately. But... Um, We'll see. I think will Tomlin keep that record of what was it? Never having a losing season, isn't it? His uh, his record. I'd like I'd like to see him keep it, but um, this could be a hard year just because of because of the schedule. Mate, if you have a losing season with that defense, then the quarterback situation has been real bad. <laughs> well, let, may I enter Mason Rudolph into the conversation <laughs> in week five? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, what they got? Bengals on the road, Patriots at home, and Browns on the road. If they go three and zero, oh. I'll be betting some Steelers futures if that happens. Uh, I could see them going 3-0 as well with uh, who's going to be at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, which leads us on nicely or not nicely um, to the Browns. I guess we'll start with biggest additions because there's only real one way to uh, talk about this. Uh, Deshaun Watson is their biggest addition. Um, we did speak about this before and then we kind of decided because um, of our views on it or my my views especially that we'll just kind of ignore, not talk about it anymore until we hear news on it. Uh, obviously, yesterday we heard the official news he suspended 11 games. Then they have a week 12 bye week. So his first game will be a week 13 against the Texans, ironically, which I think is a very stupid decision. Um, this is part of a settlement agreement as well. The NFL were going to push for a 10 million and full season ban. Um, but they've done this and then also added the caveat that he has to seek counseling and then behavioral change therapy. Um, so yeah, after all that's been said, he is basically in, in, in one judge's eyes and in the NFL's eyes, he is guilty of sexual assault and yet he's still going to play multiple games a season. Uh, before we touch on all the other areas, um, let's just do this one minute on, on this topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on, I guess, the 11 games? Did you see the press conferences yesterday from the Browns and kind of how crass they were? Um, and just what are your thoughts on the whole terrible situation, mate? Yeah, yeah, I, I did see it. Uh, 11 games. But it came out, didn't it, yesterday that it was we were to expect something shortly and the rumour was it was going to be less than a season. I thought they'd just do the season, to be honest with you. I mean, that felt like the maximum punishment that the NFL was willing to kind of give out. But then it just turns around that the NFL, mate, it's so big, so powerful, so popular that... They're just going to end up brushing this under the carpet at the end of the day. He's got an 11-game ban, and when he comes back to play Houston in Week 13, it's all forgotten about, and everyone is watching football, and the ratings for that game will be insane. That's like the, probably the highest the Texans have <laughs> yeah, 
Texans and Browns will certainly ever be rated. To me, it speaks more about the... Obviously, we've spoke about Watson and what he's like as a person. I think that speaks for itself. But just just the NFL overall, I mean, it's just so powerful that they can do what they want. And then for yesterday in the press conferences to say, like, Watson said, oh, you know, this has triggered a lot of people. I just think, my God, you can just literally get away with anything in the NFL, can't you? You just get away with anything. The league itself can get away with anything. Yeah, I found it crazy that they obviously didn't coincide the press conference very well and they released a statement where he was apologising for his actions, basically. Didn't obviously admit full guilt, but apologised. And then as he's doing that, you've got people like Rappaport reporting direct from the press conference that he's saying that like he's still innocent, he'll remain as innocent, he's done nothing wrong. People have just become triggered by it. Like and that was thirty seconds after the Browns released this fake statement that he was apologetic. So I just think the whole thing's been handled terribly. Um I don't know how you feel on your timeline, but a lot of British Brown fans now that I, I'm friends with and I know Josh, someone that me and you have spoken with a few times, um, they they they've almost come I know not saying they were on Sean Watson's side, but it's very much let's see what happens, let's see the proceedings. But now it's just got to the point where even the franchise you just have to blame, don't you? They clearly knew what was gonna happen. They structured that deal a certain way. They're now coming out and using words like, oh, yeah, he's a hell of a quarterback and he's only 26 years old, so let's give him a second chance. That was like the words used. And you're just there like, come on. like We need a bit more um, perspective, don't we, from the victims, I think. I, I feel like the Browns themselves haven't done any favours here. Uh, and I feel like the league is strange because, like you said, the league held all the power and they seem to give in when they didn't really have anything to give in for. And I just think maybe... They didn't want the chance of uh, the NFLPA taking this to Supreme Court and then Watson being allowed to play in week one like Tom Brady was that year when he took his case to Supreme Court. I think maybe that kind of scared them a little bit and they just settled on settled on 11 games. But it'll be 700 days, I think, from when he last played to, to when he plays again. Um, as of August 30th, he can't train with the team anymore or go to the facility. Um, and he's not going to play in any more preseason games because of obviously, A, he played awful in that game, <laughs> which was hilarious. And B, uh, the Jags fans were just like throwing stuff at him as he was coming off the coach, hurling abuse at him. Um, so I feel like they probably just want to try and make it settle down a bit. But yeah, yeah, very sad. I wish he was banned for life. But we're in bad positions, aren't we, as NFL fans as well, because we support a league where they don't do anything about it. But Obviously, we still love the league. Do you know what I mean? We love it for the players. We love it for the teams. We don't love it for this reason, but you do feel a little bit dragged in by it all sometimes, don't you? Just with how some of the, they deal with how, some of the stuff in it. I think. Yeah, of course you do. And just saying what you were saying there about the Jags as well. So when he comes back, that will ha- happen in Houston. Oh perhaps yeah. It, perhaps it will happen the next week against the Bengals. But you're also going to be in kind of week 13, week 14, when teams just want to win to get in the playoffs or whatever. And that's how it's going to end up getting swept under the carpet. Do you know what I mean? The boos will kind of get less each week. And once you're there out on the field, and he just has to get through one week. And that's it, isn't it? It's all kind of done with. And Yeah, it's just yeah. crazy, really. We'll see. We'll see. I wonder if any players will do or say anything about it from other teams as we get nearer the time. Obviously, people with daughters and stuff and, and their families or mum, sisters, whatever. But, yeah, it's, a, it's just a crazy situation. We spoke about it loads. We'll probably talk about it as he's coming back. Uh, everyone who follows us knows my views, especially I tweet about it a bit more. Patrick's a bit more reserved because uh, yours is a business account, <laughs> whereas I'm a bit more sweary on mine about it. Um, but, yeah. I will yeah. say that at least no one's actually asked me for a Browns uh, Watson. <laughs> Anything yeah. Yeah, true. That is uh, that is something. Um, but yeah, hopefully the NFL can learn from this. Uh, shout out to all the reporters from Cleveland as well, because they were asking very tough questions of Watson. I'm glad at least the reporters, especially the female reporters, aren't just letting this lie. They are pushing it a little bit. But yeah, cra- crazy league and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Because he was asked if any more accusers would come out and he said, oh, I'm not at liberty to say right now. And he just said, like, great, God, is this going to... Uh, and something else is going to come out, but we'll see. Um, on that note, other additions. The main one is going to be this man, Jacoby Brissett, because he will be playing start of the season. Uh, Amari Cooper will be wide receiver number one that Jacoby will be attempting to throw the ball to. Uh, they had a cheeky uh, Chase Winovich trade as well. Um, nice player for player trade that Patrick loves. Um, they lost JC Tretter, the centre, which is a big loss because they've also lost their other starting centre, Harris, to... Uh, to an ACL, I believe, or Achilles or ACL. He's out for the season, so that's two centres. They lost Hopper, uh, Hooper, sorry, to um, the Titans. 
Um, Higgins also left, but he's gone to the Panthers to, to play with Baker, who got traded. And then Jarvis Landry also left to go to the Saints. In the draft, obviously, they didn't have many picks because of the trade. Um, Martin Emerson, cornerback, who's a good player, probably will play snaps for them. Uh, D-end Alex Wright is more of a rotational pass rusher. And then wide receiver David Bell, who is an older prospect that will probably be forced into a lot of playing time because they haven't got many receivers. Um, let's start, first of all, on the QB position. Uh, Jacoby Prissett, take away the Watson stuff. Obviously, nothing's it to do with Prissett, so we hope he has a good season. Um, how many wins does he need to get them to make them a potential playoff team? And how many wins can he get in those 11 games? Because it's a mixed schedule, isn't it? It's easy to start with, and then it really does get quite difficult. So if he misses 11 games, I mean, you look at the roster, you look at the talent on defence and some of the pieces on offence, yeah, there's a goal still has to be to make the playoffs, doesn't it? So I think if you can get them six wins before the Texans game, and that seems kind of logical, you know, you've got Panthers, Jets, Falcons, Patriots, Dolphins, kind of on that schedule, you get a win in the division and you probably still be in the shout, but they have to win the games that you think that we should be winning. You can't really give up any of them if you still want to make the playoffs, I don't think, in the division. Yeah, what well, week what? five is the Chargers. So they've got Panthers, Jets, Steelers and Falcons before that. They have to be three and one there, don't they, at least? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that is leads me up nicely to talk about week one. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's going to roll. It's not in Cleveland. It'll be much better if this game is in Cleveland. But Baker Mayfield's going to roll into uh, Carolina with the, with the dog pound, whatever they're called now. Well, that was the one with the Cleveland, actually. Um, and they're, he's going to play against his old team. Is there a game that Baker Mayfield has ever been more guaranteed to either win convincingly or throw an interception in the fourth quarter in the match? <laughs> Certainly not in the NFL. This is definitely his most hyped uh, NFL game. I, I do wish that this was in Cleveland so he could come out like he did in college and plant a Panthers flag or something. It's <laughs> um, not the field, but uh, yeah, I mean, what a game that is! It's it's great game. It's probably not going to be uh, chosen for the Sky game at six pm. It's probably going to be um, Steelers Bengals, but yeah, that's got to be. That's a must watch for me. I think. Not sure yeah. the quality of football will actually be the offense <laughs> will be up to much, but it's a great story. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it'll be must watch. I'm, I might be watching week one with one or two Browns fans as well. So I hope it's on Sky in that case because I'll be outlandishly supporting Baker Mayfield, which I never thought I would ever say in my life, but that's the case. Um, but yeah, let's look at the, the rest of the offense. Amari so Cooper is going to be number one receiver. Um, Donovan's People Jones had a really good camp, going to be number two. And then David Bell does look like he's pretty much guaranteed to be that third spot alongside Anthony Schwartz, who they picked last year, depending on what sort of um, structure of play they want to play, whether they want someone to go down the field in Schwartz or someone to play underneath in, in David Bell. Um, for me, that set of weapons is kind of one short. But if you look at the running back room with Chubb and Hunt and then also Johnson, and then the tight end room of Njoku and Harrison Bryant, who I really like. I know the receivers aren't great, but if Amari Cooper can actually stay healthy, which is hard for him to do, I think the total weapons on the team for the way they're going to play, especially with Jacoby, um, I think the total weapons are enough for them to score enough points as long as Jacoby is good, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, as long as he doesn't give the ball away too much. I mean, the, I mean, Chubb and Kareem Hunt is just still unfair to have both of those. I mean, that's two like, kind of number one guys. And like you said, Dennis Johnson's actually really good back as well. Demetric Felton, I wonder if he's going to see the field a little bit more if he makes a roster from last year's draft. But overall, I agree with you on a wide receiver short. Yeah, I think if they had another one in there, kind of like a, a definite number two, then they would still be dangerous with Brissett. But yeah, yeah. still overall, it's a, it's a good offence. Yeah, I think Will Fuller's name just keeps jumping out to me as a free agent because as much as I don't like him... Um, Will Fuller likes Deshaun Watson, so they're friends. So I would be surprised if they don't give him a call because, yeah, he's not healthy enough. But he's going to have a number of weeks before Watson's back where you can kind of keep rehabbing and slowly work your way in. And then when he's back, that's the best connection that, including Hopkins, that's the best connection that uh, Watson had when he was at the Texans, when Will Fuller actually played. So I would be surprised if they don't call him. Um, obviously, the offensive line is really, really good. Centre position is a nightmare now. They lost Nick Harris in pre-season, I think, snap number two to a season-ended injury after releasing 
their other centre because he was too expensive, JC Tretter. And it's almost like now they need to call JC back up and sign him, but I just don't think that's going to happen with how he's been treated. So it looks like you've got um, Pokic, Ethan Pokic, who I think did start for Seattle maybe last year. But um, yeah, I'd be worried about the centre position, but I think when the other four guys on the line are good, I think the team's probably not going to see much of a drop-off, I don't think, as long as he can actually snap the ball. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... He's he was a left guard, I think, for the Seahawks last season. So yeah, it's not not incredible at centre. They're not blessed, are they? But yes, it's a really interesting team. I think we'll present there. I wonder if there's any kind of notion that they may trade for Garoppolo. But I don't want them to because I think they'll win more games. And obviously, I've got this now massive vendetta against the franchise. (laughs) Um, But I think it makes too much sense, to be honest, because they've got loads of cap space as well because of the way they decided to uh, structure that massive contract. They've got like 40-odd million in space so they could trade for uh, Jimmy G tomorrow. But they just keep saying that they're going to roll with um, Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, we'll see. I can't see him going anywhere else, Jimmy, unless someone gets injured, to be honest. But it's a difficult, difficult one for him. Um, what about the defence then? I imagine you absolutely love this defence. Where, where do you see your strength for the unit? I know you've obviously got one of the best players in this position, if not the best, in Miles Garrett. But then you've got a secondary just full of names there, full of LSU players as well. Yeah, the secondary is amazing. It's a, kind of like I was talking about the Steelers not spending on the offensive line. It's kind of the opposite for the Browns secondary. It's all kind of first and second round draft picks. And then John Johnson last year came in from the Rams. So I love the secondary, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit at safety. Yeah, it's a, it's a top tier. The, the linebackers kind of are what they are in kind of the modern day NFL. But there's enough push up front. And Clown, it looks like he's having a good camp as well from what I've seen so far. So he looks pretty disruptive. Yeah, he seems to fit quite well opposite Miles Garrett, doesn't he? For what yeah, they give. does, yeah. Yeah, I think the interior is a little bit weaker than maybe they would like, but Perry on Winfrey was a uh, was a good pick that I think really strengthened their uh, their defense. Linebacker for me is mixture because I love JOK, but I do think the rest of the linebacker group is pretty poor. But um, they got shout out to Dakota Allen as well, who's a last chance you guy. I'd like to see him make the roster for, just because I love the uh, Netflix show Last Chance You. Uh, and Denzel Ward also got a huge deal, um, so it's nice to see him playing alongside Greg Newsom in the secondary. I think that's a a good unit. Um, let's more move forward then to the last place from last year, but also the favourites for the division. <laughs> uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this is the only one out of all the teams that we spoke about so far have had any off-the-field changes in terms of coaches. So they've got a new DC now. Um, it's a guy who went to Notre Dame, I think. I think it was Notre Dame. Um, but he used to be um, pass game coordinator for the defence, left. Wink Martindale's gone to the Giants, and now he's come across to be the... Uh, the DC. Uh, in frequency, they added Marcus Williams from the Saints, one of the best safeties. They added Morgan Moses, who's a really good right tackle, and then Kyle Fuller, um, very good corner who can also play safety uh, for the secondary. Um, in terms of losses, they lost Bradley Bozeman, who was one of the centers who couldn't snap the ball last year, but um, maybe an upgrade on, on, on what they've had in, in previous years. Um, they've lost eight. Everett, who played a lot of snaps last year because of injury, the cornerback to the Raiders. And then obviously there was that big Hollywood Brown trade that meant they lost their their alleged wide receiver one um, from last season. Uh, we've seen some of the players come back off PUP. Obviously, Marcus Peters is going to start to practice. Um, I believe that they're still a ways away on um, the right tackle, uh, the, the left tackle, I've got his name now, uh, Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie still Stanley. not. Yeah, still not, still not practicing. I don't think um, in full. Um, but last year we know the reason they finished where they did is because of injuries. So what do you make of their roster this year? Because they've added and obviously got all these players back, but some of them did have extremely bad injuries last year. So it's hard to know uh, how good they're going to be coming back. Yeah, I think that's kind of the issue. Because if you could just click your fingers and everyone was healthy. I would say that this is the kind of the most dangerous team in the North. But when you're kind of looking at left tackle and Ronnie Stanley, you're just not sure what he's going to be like when the season starts. And what's behind him is, you know, Juwan James. So it's difficult to kind of look at that there. And then you look at also like Gus Edwards is still kind of on the PUP, isn't he, on the offence. So 
And losing Hollywood is interesting because you look now, you've got Bateman, Duvernay, James Prosh, kind of Tyler and Wallace behind there. It's a it's kind of a strange mixture, but I just love the run game so much. And if kind of Lyndon Baum, Zeitler and Morgan Moses are healthy all season, it's they're gonna ground and pound and I'd like to see. I know that everyone always says that kind of they wish that the Ravens would expand their passing game, but at the moment I don't. Not sure they've got the weapons for it. Aside from Mark Andrews, for me it's just kind of ground and pound it on the floor, and that's going to be difficult to, to difficult to beat with the defense that they've got as well. Yeah, it very much looks like if you look at the players they've added. Um, obviously, drafting two tight ends, didn't they? Um, let their speed receiver go. Their number one receiver is now a bigger body receiver. Um, obviously, they've got Tylen Wallace as well, who's a relatively good blocker for that position as they're like wide receiver 3-4. Um, and then they've got, obviously, the star tight end as well. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. It does look like there's going back to old school Ravens, the year where they won, where Lamar won the MVP. They, they are going to run it more. That will rely on J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards for me, coming back relatively healthy. I know they've got Mike Davis, but he wasn't great last year. And then Tyler Baddy is someone who, who I actually quite liked in the draft process. But I still think they'll need them two main guys to come back and at least one of them be close to their old self. So we'll see. I know J.K. Dobbins is practicing now, so hopefully it's him. Um, yeah, the offensive line is pretty good. Their backup tackles for me are better than the Steelers' starting tackles. So I think that says a lot about the uh, the depth of this team. But I just think the wide receiver room does miss one player. Hollywood Brown probably wasn't the right player, but... If they could get some sort of bigger wide receiver, I know they were interested at the time in Juju Smith-Schuster. They were interested in Jarvis Landry. If they had one of them guys, I would be looking at the offense being like, this could be just incredibly deadly in the air and on the floor. Whereas now I do think they're going to just be ground and pound and then play action in the middle of the field, Mark Andrews, to get his uh, to get his receptions and then Bateman on the outside potentially. But um, yeah, we'll see. All their backup receivers are extremely quick. So Lamar's going to have the chance to, to play action bomb it if they're running the ball loads. Um, what are your views on Lamar Jackson at the moment? Because uh, he set a deadline for week one for his contract extension. He wants to be fully guaranteed because Deshaun Watson's is fully guaranteed, which I completely agree with him on that. If if he is, then why can't Lamar? Um, but I haven't seen loads of conversations that they're progressing at all to a new deal. Now, this could just randomly come out in the next week that he signs some six-year mega deal. But at the moment, it doesn't seem to be that way. And we could be in for uh, playing all season without without a contract for the year after. So what are your views on, on his contract situation? Yeah, I hope not, because I, I do think um, I do think he deserves it. And I think he deserves not to have... I mean, you don't know, like, personal... What is how much it would affect kind of the players, each kind of different person, with the contract hanging over your head. But if I'm Baltimore, I think I kind of just do it. Unfortunately, now, with the Watson thing being fully guaranteed, that's the future, isn't it, now? <laughs> Yeah, but, it is, yeah. But for quarterbacks, it, this ain't going to be a one-off. It's it's going to be the future where it's pretty much all or heavily guaranteed. Especially someone like Lamar, you know, he's won an MVP, won an MVP in his second season. I mean, that, that's kind of it now. That guarantees you, doesn't it? A fully a fully guaranteed deal going forward now in 2022. So, yeah, I'm expecting much better things this season from him. I'd love to see him and be healthy for the season. Touchwood. Very exciting player. Um, and I used to actually dislike him in terms of passing game. I thought he was overrated. That MVP, I thought, was extremely overrated with his passing game. However, my two friends that are Ravens fans now don't like him as much because of how badly he's performed passing the ball in the playoffs. Whereas some of his numbers, yes, he's not a top five quarterback at passing the ball, but he is clearly a top 10 quarterback at even passing the ball. And he's clearly the best at running the ball, him and obviously Josh Allen. Um so I do think some Ravens fans now maybe are kind of looking past how good he is, but um, I hope he gets a, a big payday. Um, the defense is still good. They've kind of gone with the usual linebacker and defensive tackle. Let's just rotate as many people as possible. I know we didn't mention the draft picks earlier, but obviously Ty Linderbaum at, uh, at center in the offense. But the main ones were Carl Hamilton at safety and then David Ajabo as pass rusher and then Travis Jones as DT. So kind of still going with this rotation of linebackers and DTs and defensive ends, but then they've gone absolutely hard and added probably the best safety combination I've probably seen in the NFL in terms of number of players with Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton is your third option, and then obviously Tony Jefferson, who's rotating in and out of there as well. And then they've got Marlon Humphrey, who's back practicing. They've got Carl Fuller, who's the addition we spoke about earlier, and then Marcus Peters, who's back as well. 
for me, the secondary is probably the best, definitely the best in the division, maybe the best in the NFL. But then up front, they're very mismatched with some good younger players, some really good experienced older players who get injured a lot. I'm not quite sure where I sit on how good that front's going to be. But I love the safeties and the, the corners. Yeah, I think if the two were, um, well, I'll say Ajala, it won't be Ajala, but if Travis Jones can step in in the middle of that line, I do think that that's um, it's going to be a massive plus for him. Kyle Hamilton, I've read, has struggled a little bit during camp. I, I try not to... Um, read too much into kind of camp struggles because you remember last year when Jamar Chase couldn't catch the ball during camp <laughs> yes I do remember that it's very funny <laughs> yeah so I try not to take too much into that but yeah great on paper it's amazing and Marcus Williams signing from the Saints was one of my favorite free agent signings this year so mate I, I'm not quite sure I mean obviously we know how it happened because of the injuries but this team finished fourth in this division last year. <laughs> I, I, I do not think that that's going to be happening again. No, that leads us on nicely to the uh, predictions. Uh, I'll go first this time. Uh, I am going to go Ravens to finish first and win the division. Uh, they have got, we haven't spoken about their schedule, they have got a very easy schedule. It is the 11th easiest in the league, obviously, because they did finish fourth. It's not top five, just because of the fact they do have a hard division. But their outside of division conference schedule is very, very nice. Um, and they have a relatively nice start to the season as well. Um, so, yeah, it's good for the, for the Ravens. It's another reason why, why they're my division winner. So, yeah, I'm going to go Ravens. I don't think anyone's going to win 13 games in this division. Like, maybe they will in some other divisions. But I think maybe 11 divisions, 11 wins, and then obviously beating your rivals in the division twice will probably win it for me. So, I'm going to go the Ravens at, at, at one. Yeah, I'm going to go the Ravens as well, especially with that schedule. I think uh, I'm going to put a hurting on the, on the Jets, I think, week one. <laughs> oh, God, the Joe Flacco-led Jets game. <laughs> That's, that is uh, just the joke, so that's happening. But uh, the Milf Hunter is uh, injured, unfortunately, so there we go. Um, number. So who's going to finish second? I desperately wanted to say the Steelers. I literally desperately wanted to put the Steelers here. I have gone with my head a little bit, uh, and I've gone with Bengals, yeah. uh, maybe 10 win sort of Bengals. I think it will come down to that last two weeks of the season, but I'm going to go Bengals in two. Are you going to agree with that as well? Yeah, I'm going to go with that, and I do I do get the feeling from my timeline that people are very, very expectant of the Bengals this season, and I'm not quite sure 10 wins is kind of going to get it done, do you know what I mean, as far as like hype goes, but... I think 10 wins might struggle to get, we'll talk about that in a minute, but might struggle to get you in the wild card in the AFC. Well, the, the, the AFC West, for me, holds the cards to the wild card. Yeah, I think if two of them, if, I think if two of them teams struggle a little bit on one end of the ball and maybe get six or seven wins, the North will be fine. But if you have three 10-win teams in the West going into like week 18, week 6, 17, I think other teams could struggle to get a second out of the division, but we'll see. Um, third, I've gone with the Steelers, which means I've obviously gone with the Browns. Fourth, there is some bias there. I think the Browns' defence might be better than the Steelers, uh, which is hard to say, but I think it might be. But I do have a bias. I just hate the franchise now, the Browns. But also, it does really matter that Jacoby Brissett, who was awful last year, is going to play a lot of games. And then the other guy coming in hasn't played for 700 games. And at least the first two weeks, he's going to get absolute dog's abuse all game every time he misses a pass. So uh, I do think the first 13, 14 weeks for the offense are going to be a little bit difficult. So I'm going to go Steelers 3, Browns 4. Yeah, I'm going to do the same, but I do think it'll be close. And uh, if Brissett can get off to a... If, I think it's key that the... Obviously, the Browns, listen, they're not going to blow anyone away on offence. If they keep the games really close on defence, I do think that they can win more than perhaps what I would give them in a total. So I am going to go three, Steelers three, Browns four, but 11 weeks of Brissett. I'm telling you, if they can get five wins, five to six, six wins would be amazing with Brissett, then they could bust that up and then get finished higher in the division. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, if they lose that first week game to the Panthers, they obviously aren't going to go three and one in the first four. And I do think that could. I know it's everyone's making a lot of it because it's Mayfield, but I do think if you look at the rest of the schedule, if the Patriots start off better than we think defensively as well, and they could finish two and two in those first four games at, at best, 
I don't know. I think they could struggle. But um, yeah, I do think it'll be quite close. I don't think the Steelers are going to win nine, nine games for me. I think the Steelers' ceiling for me is about eight games. But if they can manage to tie a game, they still won't have a losing record. So <laughs> we'll see if Tomlin can uh, can work his magic. Uh, number of playoff teams then. This is hard. I know you've already mentioned the AFC West, which we're going to do. It's probably the last AFC division preview. Um, where are you at? Are they going to have two from this division? I know from the East, we said one each. Obviously, so just a division winner. From the south, we said one. So there are seven spots in the playoffs now. So does that mean you're going to say two for the north? Well, I have to go two then, don't I? Unless you think three from the west. Well, no, because it would be three from the west, wouldn't it? And two from the north, that would make seven. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, God, we have to start believing in the, the Titans a bit more if we want to get one of these North teams. Unless they're un- unprecedented every team from the AFC East. <laughs> AFC West, sorry, makes it in. AFC East, Joe Flacco is going to get a league quarterback <laughs> playing in the playoffs. Yeah, I do think we have to go two each. Um, yeah, I just can't see. I don't think there'll be three in this division. I do think the Steelers and Browns quarterback situations are just going to limit them too much. But we'll see. Um, if they do trade for Jimmy G... Does your answer change? Because for me, it does. And I do think they finish third then. And annoyingly, they wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they could get close to that 10 wins, maybe, if someone in the AFC West falters and you could see three teams from this division. But I think they'd have to trade for Jimmy G for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. And then I can't wait for the... If Jimmy G won kind of six, seven games, I can't wait for the talk about Watson. Is he going to start on the bench? Is Jimmy G going to start? So that would be uh, interesting anyway, which has followed Garoppolo around his whole career. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll be setting up Jimmy G burners if that happens, just to uh, tweet it out all the time. But we'll see. Uh, Nice. We've gone chalk then in the AFC North. We've both gone Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns in that order with the Ravens win division and then the Bengals being the wild card playoff team. But I do think both teams are going to be pretty good this season. Um, so, yeah, fun division with loads of good divisional matchups. Um, right, that's it. Remember to go follow us at, at Go4Two-Pod, two being the number two on Twitter. Go follow Patrick at, at MuggsNFL to order any NFL gear that you want before the season starts. Um, our next episode is going to be the NFC North where I get to talk about Kirk Cousins. So I'm happy, Matt. So, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. We will speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon, everyone.